Welcome to Hot Chocolate Convos, where societal woes are tackled through the sip. We're raw, unfiltered, and totally candid. Now here are your hosts, Kimberly, Shalisa, and Yannick. Welcome, guys. This is episode four. Yes. Thank you for joining us, and we're excited that you're here. Yes, we are. We are. So super excited. So what have you been up to? What's going on? Um, what? Oh, so a major thing that's happened is I actually got sworn in into um yeah the city council as a member of the environmental advisory board over there so that that happened thank you i don't care how you put it i don't care what it is that is a big deal every accomplishment is a big deal thank you i have a tendency to like not make a big deal out of my accomplishments Uh like i don't talk about it Mm -hmm. i'm just like okay but yeah, I'm excited. I'm so excited. So I'm going into this on a platform of promoting like green education in schools. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. really my platform. Probably just I'm um, like visit a bunch of elementary schools, high schools, just educate oh. them on the importance of conserving energy oh. and recycling and stuff. Yeah, guys, because I'm so excited. Climate so change is that's, real. That's amazing. Thank you so much. I'm super happy. Thank you. So what about You're you? You're the black business. What's the sip? All of that. Oh, my. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. So I haven't been doing anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've literally just been working um, and working. I've literally still been doing the, the Chocolis Alarms three days oh, a yeah. week. Those are and that's bomb. Been that's been going really great. And I'm starting to do like the social media thing to interact with people. And it's so much fun. Like I've gained like followers just by going in comments and just talking to people, whatever. And then, you know, some people post good morning posts or whatever. Girl, I'm writing the comments like, and yep, if you didn't get a text message, you would have if you would have text Chaco to 555 <laughs> Right in the comments just to plug myself. So that's nice. much, like I've been really focusing on that, trying to get that off the ground. So nice that's about it guys if you haven't signed up you need to sign up how can they sign up you can literally take your phone i had to walk right through it early yesterday take your phone go through your text messages start a new text for the phone number you're gonna put five 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 eight 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 and the message part all you're gonna put is chaco c-h-o-c-o and press send so I found out yesterday from Unique, our co-host, that T-Mobile blocks this. What? Yes, girl. So my friend yesterday, she's like, so how do I sign up? I'm like, how dare you? You haven't signed up? She's like, no, T-Mobile will not let me. It says access denied. So I'm like, yeah, girl, that's crazy. Wow. So Unique, the same day, Unique is like, so I had to call T-Mobile because apparently they block, you know, certain texts apps or whatever the text companies or whatever when they do like the the three numbers or whatever the short code texts. so if you have t-mobile and you're not able to get it you have to call t-mobile and literally tell them that you want to unblock it i'm not sure why they do that because these are like club texts. everybody wants to get a club text when they want to get in for free right so i'm not understanding why t-mobile is blocking this so it may be other phone companies that are doing that but i think that's crazy 
That's I think insane. if I call it too much myself, like you messing with my business. Ah, you should no, like for real. Like I want people to get this out. Like I'm not doing it to get money back. Honestly, I'm doing it to give people something to look forward to. Consistency and text messaging when you don't have anybody else to text you. Good morning, or like even just to motivate people to get out of bed or to move or to give them something to look forward to. Yeah. T-Mobile, how dare you? And people are paying their hard-earned money. Are you serious right now? Girl, I'm so I'm done. Serious. I'm done. How can they? Oh, okay. So that's what I've been dealing with. I can't. Yeah. I can't. Okay. <laughs> that's bizarre. Yes, very. <sighs> Anywho. So we have an amazing topic. This is one of my favorite topics because within the last year, mental health has been one of my absolute favorite things. So we're talking about tackling mental health today. We have a phenomenal speaker. When I say swear by her, up and down, up and down. Um, <laughs> I, we have the fabulous Miss Latasha Russell. She is my doctor. Woo! Latasha! And she deserves all the applause she is getting. But I'm not even going to talk about her anymore. I'm going to allow her to introduce herself to knock y'all out of the ballpark, okay? Go ahead, Dr. Tasha. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much, y'all, for having me. Um, so my name is Dr. Tasha. Um, I call what I do drive-by therapy, which means I'm a doctor that still makes house calls. I like to say I, I don't mind sitting with a couple on the couch that they might have been arguing on the night before. Um, I also don't mind talking with people about things such as addiction and grief and learning to love after infidelity. So one of the things that I do by day is I work at a drug and alcohol rehabilitation center. But by night, I do a private practice where I really do talk shows, radio shows. I do speaking engagements. Um, but I work with individuals, groups, and families um, to really address anything. There's no topics that are off limits. Um, and so I guess my website is drivebytherapy.org. And um, anyone that's interested, if they live in the South Florida area, I can be at your front door probably within the next three weeks if you book now. But if not, um, we can just do teletherapy where you Skype just like this or WhatsApp. So I can talk to you no matter where you are in the world. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you nice. so much for awesome, joining Dr. us Tasha. this evening. Like, thank you so much. Yeah, Dr. Tasha so, is bomb. Right? 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 Um, so let's get right. So let's cut right to the chase. Let's talk about okay. the topics that are hard to talk about. Like, you know, so as a culture, especially as black people, people of color, you know, getting therapy and speaking about mental health is all, always frowned upon. You know, why is there still a stigma with mental health? Um, well, there's always a stigma about what goes on behind closed doors um, with, for sure, brown folks. Um, we already are, we have, we struggle with trusting others. Um, and a lot of times before, probably in the last 30, 40 years, most psychologists did not look like me. So why would a person in a brown family want to trust someone that did not look like them to come and tell them what about what was going on behind their closed doors? So it only made sense to not tell anybody anything. Now, though, in the last 30, 40 years, we have more psychologists. I'm the president of the Association of Black Psychologists. There are about 200 of us, two, 300 of us in Florida. No one really knows that. Where are we? We're working with each other on purpose. Um, I think the stigma comes from the lack of trust. The stigma also comes from mom never did it or grandma never did it. So 
if I do it, now we have to admit that we have a problem. Folks don't want to do that. So now we have to be vulnerable enough to look in the mirror, which folks don't even like what they see that's looking back at them. So could you imagine when you're asking someone to be reflective and then ask them on what they reflect to then process it with somebody that's a stranger? It sounds kind of scary. However, it's like the best thing in the world to actually talk to somebody that stays neutral. So, of course, I want everybody to at least try it at least once. Right, right. Awesome. Trust me. Try it, okay? Try it. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Like, when people come and they're like, oh, this is my issue. I don't know why people always come to tell me their issues. I'm just like, have you ever seen a therapist? Like, I have the perfect person. Always. Always. Uh... All right. So why is it important to address mental health? Like what, you know, if we had to convince somebody, why is it, why is it important? Why is mental health important? Yeah. Dr. Tasha, Uh kind of just to like piggyback on that. I feel like our, like, I guess in our culture, everyone kind of views mental health sort of like, oh, you have a problem. You need meds, like, you know, and so and so, but you know, mental health can sort of be kind of like peace of mind. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, actually, sometimes it doesn't have to always be a crisis. I think even um, it's funny. Most therapists know that couples don't come to their offices until the D word comes out. Right. So until someone says divorce or breakup, now we want to now we want to talk to somebody. What happened to the first five years? What about a tune up just to see if y'all still like each other before you hate each other? You know, and so I would actually say that is the fear of like, well, what is she going to say about me? What if I, what is the diagnosis? What if I'm not going to be able to own it, right? This new label in my life. So it doesn't have to be meds and it don't even have to be a diagnosis. We as therapists can just conceptualize you and say, you may have trauma in your life. You may be depressed because of this. All of us get depressed because of this. How long do you stay in it is the problem. All of us are have anxiety, right? All of us have stress, but how long are you actually holding on to the stress? Why is it that you keep dating the same people? That's mental health. Why is it that you continue to have friends that treat you this way? I don't think it's them. So you, at some point, we got to acknowledge, like, what is going on with me? Where did it stem from? To ch- try to try to get into, like, where the origin was. But you got to finally be open with somebody about that. Because that's where we really get stuck. Because when we start acknowledging our own mental health, then we got to start acknowledging mama and daddies and grandmas and aunties and the uh, foster care system Mm -hmm. that you had to live in, the school that you, you know what I mean? Like, we got to go into all that because we got to have to, how did the teacher treat you when you were in the fifth grade? Maybe there's reasons why you stopped trying. You know what I mean? Like, we got to go all the way into your inadequacies and things that you're actually ashamed of, but sometimes you don't have to hold it. That's the point. Like, that's the coolest thing about therapy. Therapy helps you to release it. Don't hold on to it anymore. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it's, so, it's, it's so powerful, man. It's really, really so powerful. <laughs> it is. Like, man, like, y'all just don't know. Like, it really is powerful. Um, so what are some of the ways to make people, you know, we, we already talked about, there doesn't have to be something that's wrong with you. I think everybody should get therapy. That's for me, right? That's my thought. Okay. You know, how is, how, how can you make it easier for somebody? You know, how can we make it accepting it easier? You know, cause sometimes it, as you said, people wait till it's like something is wrong or it's at the end of the road, you know, how can we, how can we help people acknowledge that? Hey, we need therapy. And how can it, how can, how can we make it easier for them? Mm. 
Well, do y'all cuss on this show? Yeah. <laughs> okay. For there's real. A few Absolutely. Words, there's a few words that come to mind every time someone brings up this type of question. So the first thing I say is, I'm so tired of, how are you doing? I'm fine. Oh, how are things? Oh, we're fine. Oh, how are your kids? Oh, they're fine. Nothing's fucking fine. You know what I mean? Nothing in life can never be that fine. Preach. I say Absolutely. that all the time. Mm-hmm. It just it just can't be. Like, you're not that fly. You know what I mean? Like, But nobody is. So, like, at some point, let's acknowledge that we're not fine. Let's start there. So when you say nothing's wrong with me, then you really, in my mind, you must be the worst lover in the world because you're not even attentive to self. Like there's a real thing about if, if you know, there's sometimes that uh, it always reminds me about um, how someone feels about mental health or therapy or reflection when everything is always the other person's fault. Like every time, oh, what's going on? Oh, well, my mama did this and my boyfriend did this. Well, what did you do? Well, I don't, you know, that's not... What, what, now we got what, what's going on now we stuttering because we're not looking at what did we do what was our role like there's reasons why we actually are I don't know you had a test coming up and you didn't pass maybe you didn't get enough sleep maybe you were out too long like maybe we could just acknowledge just a few things before you know it gets too scary where you have to worry about a diagnosis let's just figure out why I'm not fine today that's mm-hmm. it why did I snap on mm. someone by six o'clock after I got off work at five? Why, like, maybe I'm, maybe even like the rain, right? There's things that you can actually be like seasonal, seasonally mm-hmm. like affected. Mm-hmm. I remember I was snapping on somebody and it was raining and it was dark. I remember that in Miami or in South Florida. It was like a few, maybe a month ago and it was just dark outside. It was, and it was like four o'clock. <laughs> I'm salty for no reason. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, everything affects moods, right? That's so crazy because I just saw a post yesterday where it was saying, ladies, be prepared for your mood to change, you know, because time is about to change and everything. And we're about to get more light. So therefore, our moods are going to be better and all this other stuff. There was a whole post about it. Trying to to hunch on something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're about to get hot for no reason. That's real. <laughs> Make sure you take your pills at the right day, at the right time. Oh it's real. Moving yeah, like, you wanna, like, I'm not fine right now. It's okay. Wow. I'm overwhelmed. That's a really big word that specifically women need to learn how to say out loud. I'm overwhelmed. Okay. Yes. I'm not fine. Okay. Mm, yeah and like don't judge us when we're like you know we're overwhelmed we're not fine like you know don't judge me yeah really yeah we gotta learn to be non-judgmental more Mm -hmm. non-judgmental to ourselves exactly Mm -hmm. to ourselves Mm -hmm. yep so true wow wow (laughs) really like i'm getting therapy right now y'all like i'm getting therapy right i'm like damn i need to talk to her about this Mm -hmm. um already on the couch you on the couch right now (laughs) Um, so let's switch it up a little bit. I, this is all great, but I think, you know, brown people, yes, women, yes, but the, the men, how can we as women help our men? Like, do they, is it that men deal with, do they get depressed? Like, I, I know everybody, we go through all these things, but how, how can we help our men get through depression? Do they get, go through the same things females go through? How can we help our men, Dr. Tasha? And, like, how do we see the signs? How do we see the yeah. signs that they okay. are? How do we see the signs? Okay, let me, let me, I got two words to start us off. Shut up. 
This is the biggest <laughs> complaint say at the time. Well, I was trying to talk to her, but she interrupted me. Like you, they really, really men would love a woman that listens to them. One of the sexiest things a man will ever like about his woman is that she's supportive and that she listens. Like literally, where he feels hurt, you want your man to say, like, "Wow, I really feel hurt when I'm talking to my woman." That's what was hot. Not that she put on her eyebrows and it took twenty minutes. Like that's actually what she, they're not coming. <laughs> about they're talking about how she doesn't listen to me what's the point of talking so it's like first of all shut up and i'm not i'm not taking nobody the 1950s of how we don't have a voice it's not that deep but if you want to know what's going on with your your man like listen to him he really men don't waste words if i don't know nothing else men do not waste words and men do have emotions but they have to kind of be in a safe place where they're not being judged for being quote unquote weak I can't stand that. Like, if you had a hard day at work, why don't you start with that in, in your heart? We know when our man is a little different, right? Or our brother or our father. And just, why don't you start with, how was your day? Not talking about your day. Amazing concept. If you stop making it about you, so self-absorbed, because men listen all the time. Y'all know that, I don't even know the statistic. We talk whatever many times that men talk every day, right? How many words we use. And it's just a matter of like, man, what would happen if you actually asked him about his date and then was silent? Just sit there. And he was like, is something going on with you? You all right? Because you're listening and you're quiet. It's crazy. He would actually wonder what happened. So 40 to 50 percent of my practice is men. I talk to men on a daily basis. So I'm talking about what I know. I'm not talking about what I heard. So, for instance, to socially um, kind of be in kind of a mutual conversation with men to find out what are the signs, I would say acknowledge that it's okay if he's actually sad about something. So if your guy whose homeboy died a month ago and he's a little quiet, he's probably withdrawn. You're going to say, babe, right? Like, um, are you thinking about Darnell? You're going to say it just like that. Not, I'll, I'll talk to him when he brings it up. No, you're going to bring in transparency. You're going to bring in vulnerability. Wow, I can see that you, um, you know, do, do you want to talk about this? Or um, I see that you're a little snappy. Instead of becoming reactive, you'll then say, wow, did you have a hard day at work? You guys see how this is possible and how we miss it? Yeah. And then we end up taking crap so sensitively or so personal that this boy's having a bad day. And within 17 seconds, it's now about us. Well, you hurt my feelings. He ain't even thinking about you. He's actually hurting himself. Amazing. So a man that's depressed is usually angry. Let's just start there. So we're wondering what's wrong with him because he's so mean. And really wonder if we just ask ourselves, wow, I wonder what has disappointed him. I wonder why he's hurting. Think about if we could even, yes, it would be nice if a man just came home and said, I'm hurting. Or if you asked your dad what's going on and he was like, man, my boss hurt my feelings. But like, what if he doesn't? But when his when he does present as he's upset, then you're already knowing like, wow, he must be sad about something. Let's figure that out. You guys get what I'm saying? In the way yeah. that we can translate yeah. without asking mm -hmm. for them to use the same language. Yeah. And then how about the whole men are from Mars and women are from Venus? Like, it's a real thing. And the reason is because we talk differently. We communicate differently. Yeah. So we don't have to ask him a thousand questions so it makes sense to us. Why don't we learn like his language? Like that whole, I can't, I just, I just think about all, all the times that men, do you know how many men, husbands, 
go around the neighborhood like a thousand times because they don't want to come home. home. You know how many mm. men sit in their garage yeah. and listen to another Marvin Gaye song or another Barris Hammond song because they don't <laughs> want to get yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard it all also. Yeah. That is your fault. That's not mm-hmm. his fault because he don't ever come in. No, you haven't provided a safe space for him to finally be able to let his hair down. Because he's so busy fixing your crap. And that's really what they're always saying. Like, you go to grandma's house. Say a nephew or a grandson goes to grandma's house, right? And the first thing out of her mouth is, uh, boy, can you go upstairs to the attic and did it? She didn't even ask him how she was doing, how he was doing. But let the granddaughter come in the same door. Baby, you all right? Sit on down. It's amazing. So a man has been like, it's, it's, it's kind of sad that we asked him to problem solve everything, to fix everything. And I'm saying if we could really learn to have some sense of compassion and just figure out first, the same way we ask women, how are you doing, Papa? That alone. Mm. And then shut up and listen. Oh, yeah, it hurts. That's why we call it drive-by therapy. The truth hurts sometimes because it's our fault <laughs> that they're not talking. It's our fault that they're not talking. It's uh-huh. not there. Wow, that's a tough. She done shut me well, up. You sure told us. <laughs> I'm highly flawed. Okay. All right. Okay. I can see. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense to me. <laughs> <Let's continue. laughs> so. You know, okay. So we're we're gonna do better, females. We're gonna do better. Yeah, we're gonna do better. We have have to do better. To do better, we really have to do better. And I'm I'm glad that you put it in that perspective because I really never thought about it because I do complain Mm -hmm. about. And you know, I think for me, I in my past, I've always just poured on my man, expecting him to, you know, just take be the comforter. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then we wonder why they want to go to the non-black women. Uh huh. She doing a little bit more listening than we are. Mm. Yeah, take that down. Ouch. <laughs> no, we're so definitely salty, in, but in why denial Becky, about why that. Uh, she's probably listening, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not. I'm not like just con- condoning it. I'm just saying it's some real characteristics that no matter what type of man, whatever the race is, he's looking for. Mm-hmm. It's reasons to this crap. That like why, the things that we can actually start to reflect in change. We could just change it. That's the cool thing about this. Every moment is a chance to turn it around. Like every moment, do something different tomorrow. Yeah. Nice. I also feel like us as women as well. Like we need to approach things with a better attitude. Sometimes, like we can't just keep be- being mm-hmm. hasty or like dismissive and stuff like that. That's jumping to yeah. jump into conclusion. Yeah. yeah. No, we're thinking- hurt. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're hurt. I that's agree. The, that's the, another thing. Like. We really are hurt, and we have been many times reasons to be hurt. Um, but it's not always the persons like that we're actually talking to's fault. So we got to work on mm-hmm. not projecting our hurt on someone else. That everybody ain't against you. I have to tell that almost. I almost I have to tell you that probably every day to some client in a, in one day. That mm-hmm. you know everybody's not out to hurt you. Like not everybody. There are, but people don't even know what it feels like or how to receive love or how to receive caring, being cared for. I'm glad you you mentioned that because then it we could transition into other questions, you know, to insecurities. Like, what causes insecurities? Like, what causes me to have that mindset of thinking everybody in the world is against me? Mm -hmm. 
insecurities. So now we got to go back to childhood. Ain't no way we can talk about adult insecurities and not acknowledge what was going on and what was told to you from five to 12. So it's a thing called cognitive schemas. And if you don't even remember that word or those two words, remember that there is a record that plays and replays in our head from what we were told. So let's just say you had a critical parent, grandma, dad, maybe you had a brother that was always at you. That voice, that critical voice that you heard when you were eight, guess what you're actually telling yourself now at 28? Different voice, now it's yours because now you've owned it. And now it's your voice talking to yourself. But guess where it actually came from? Someone actually told you this. So when you have moments like, I have a whole thing about, I have, I mean, this sometimes is more into the black community, but women that don't have the badonk, literally, that black women, not only, they don't have to worry about the brothers, they'll literally tell them like, girl, she ain't got no butt. You ever heard this before? How do you have a human with no butt? It's impossible. (laughs) It's there. Yes. Now, it may be small, but you just developed, we now in the seventh grade, right? And we talk about how homegirl don't have a butt. Now she, now 48, okay, hello. Now she got her own teenage child who may have been built just like her. And now because of her dago insecurity, now you got little Keisha thinking she ain't got, I mean, this all started from the eighth grade that yeah. on the playground. It's crazy. So the problem yeah. is not only did we have to hear it, which sucks, then we actually started to believe it. And then we kind of internalize it so much that we even have children that come down our canal with our own daggone insecurities. That's yeah. our fault. Let me tell you about even like the That's Jewish true. community. It's a real thing. Just like black folks have big lips, Jewish folks have long noses. Like literally by the time a lot of Jewish folks between like 18 and 30, a lot of them have nose jobs. Why? Who made you insecure as a Jewish person to not like your nose? If y'all all got the same nose, nappy hair. When, do, when when was when was it? Why are we insecure about? Well, I don't. I like that natural on you. How do you like nappy hair on hair that on the head that it comes out of? Yeah. Why, what is that? Oh well, I can't wear it like that. Only well, you got the face for you got the face for hair that come out your head the same <laughs> way. I, how wow. does that work? You know what I'm saying? Where did the insecurity of like this thing came from? It came from somewhere. You were told these. Right. And then now you believe it. And now that you've internalized it and whatever is going on now, you, now, now you're going to actually uh, increase it with your own children. So now we got generations thinking the same thing that whatever generation from the ancestors brought all the way down. But it was because somebody told them. And sometimes it's not even a black or white thing. It's literally like in our own families. So there's another thing. If you're comparing your siblings, so maybe your sister went off to this college, but you just went to a community college. Now you're not that smart because, and now now, now we're jealous of what? You both went to school. Why why does it matter? Which school? Who created that comparison? Now we on social media, scrolling down Instagram and Facebook and we're like, oh, wow, they're on their third child and I don't have one. Hmm. Yep. So now wow. insecure. Yep. Right? Because I'm laid and behind. Mm-hmm. So what's wrong with me that I don't have three kids? Why don't you call old girl with her three kids and ask her how she really doing? Yep. Okay. okay. <laughs> Christmas time. Yeah. So she's mm-hmm. actually right. She's maybe thinking, man, it would be so nice if I had this independence, like whatever friend that's scrolling down without the three kids. And so it's like if we could just stop comparing our lives to everybody else's, because if you really knew what was going on, if you could be in my world for one day, 
24 hours, you would never compare yourself or be jealous of someone else's experience because your grass is just as green as theirs is on the other side. In fact, you might really have better grass and this yeah. crap might be fake. That could be some size. Yeah, absolutely. On working hard on grass being cut and whatever that is fertilized. And you're looking over there talking about, oh, wow, but they don't have any brown patches. It's nothing wrong with the little patch. There's some character there. (laughs) (laughs) Like a little some scars from like your childhood or your teenagehood of just the things that you process through. Like, (laughs) stop it. it. It really sucks. I mean, body image, social media. And then just comparing yourself to your families, like this is something we got to change. Because when you're insecure, you're also the worst lover ever. You're probably pretty jealous. Only insecure people are jealous. Only. I was just about to ask you about that. What about like being insecure in your romantic relationships or even like your friendships and so forth? How do you even overcome something like that? How do you overcome insecurities in your relationships? Yes. So you have to first find out where did it come from, right? So if we go to maybe teenage life, right, to young adulthood, uh, you know, were you cheated on? Did you get cheated on between 15 and 25? Hmm. Did you? Did no one ask you for your number before 29 years old? So is that what developed the insecurity? Did you always think that I'm not good enough because he wanted your sister or I'm not good enough because they wanted your best friend? Right. Or I like girls, but don't nobody say that out loud. I mean, what 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 was the insecurity? So we're not really going to acknowledge where did it come from? I mean, you have to. That's the whole point. If you don't now, we're kind of getting into relationships that uh, you ever heard that people. Um, how could I say this? That you attract who you are. Yeah. So it's not specifically like if you're nice and they're nice. I'm talking about your core issues. So you have abandonment issues. They have mm-hmm. abandonment issues. For whatever mm-hmm. reason, y'all find each other. Really? Jesus, that's a fashion. She over here pushing y'all. I mean, if y'all aren't catching so these gems, it then. It doesn't help anything in the relationships with an insecure person. Because guess what? This other person is not going to feel your like make you feel more secure. Because it's not their job to make you feel whole. It's just not their job. That's what a little too much to have to do is worry about you being whole when they're trying to worry about themselves. So when you get into a relationship with all your little fractions of a self, you might want to figure out, man, I may need to back up, right? Figure some stuff out. Maybe figure out what was going on in the last relationship or figure out what I've learned from my parents, right? And unlearn some of this stuff so that I could finally be a little more attractive, Right. Or maybe my relational esteem is higher because there's self-esteem and there's like relational esteem. Anybody ever heard that before? No. Mm. Yeah, I think I just made that up. It's kind of good. <laughs> Anything you make up is no, fine for us. You do in relationships because, right, you think you're hot stuff, but then you think you're a horrible lover because you now got to deal with that. I'm insecure. You could be uh, insecure about performing sexually. Right. I've told people all the time. If you're insecure about your body, I guarantee you, you're you're like, you probably suck in the bed. For sure. You don't. I mean, you might suck something in the bed, but you might not be good. <laughs> because you're so worried about, your, you know, your, uh, what is What? You got the lights off? You got the t-shirt on? Like, what is going, what kind of, what kind of, yeah. 
Like, ain't nobody worried about your stretch marks, right? And your cellulite. Or if we talk to the brothers, maybe you're so insecure, maybe about your size. But maybe she don't want it big like that. Ain't nothing about that mandingo that we can walk in the morning once we get, hello. Like, this okay <laughs> to be your average size. Sometimes it's like, well, maybe she likes this because you're watching too much daggone porn. This yep. is real. Right? Because, but really, it's like, it's okay. Maybe I like your average size. Maybe I'm trying to walk in the morning. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's on both sides. And this is where we don't allow men to be insecure because we think it's all about us. Men are just as insecure about their weight. They are just insecure, as insecure about the, their fade, right? Or their lack of fade if they start running away from their forehead. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Losing your hair. We get mad about a couple edges on the side, right? Because the glue was too tight. But they have to worry about the actual balding. Like, this is a real thing. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. Rock that. Just rock it, you know? Rock your little mint, mint forehead uh, fade. It's okay. It's really okay. Wow. This is so good. This is it so is. good. I mean. Like, so good. So, y'all see why? I just. The, y'all see why therapy is important. Why y'all yes. see that's a tape. Because when you get a therapist to work with, you will see how all of what you got going on in your life gets eliminated or you get you you become a better person. Yeah, right? you yeah, get breathe. You're breaking everything down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Tasha, like what do one look for in a therapist? Like I just got lucky and found you, right? And you just knocked all the stereotypes that I had. For a therapy in my head. So what, what does one look for in a therapist? Of course, you offer drive-by therapists, which we're going to plug later on in the show. But what, what, no, when they're looking for a therapist, what do they want to look for? Okay, so whatever it is that they're, they need to find out how their personality, right, kind of um, agrees with theirs. So, for instance, I don't know. Have I ever had a client that had a hard time with my personality? Oh, I remember once she thought I was mad at her, right, because I get passionate. And then at the end of the day, I said, oh, do I remind you of your mom? And then we could actually do some work, you know? So it was like, all she knew was to be defensive when someone talks to her this way. So it's possible that you're actually able to work through things because your therapist could either remind you of someone that's called transference, or you can find someone that's totally different. There's nothing wrong with getting a non-black therapist if you're a brown person. I've had this white guy in Los Angeles. I loved him because I needed somebody to be grounded. So I would say even to have somebody that you seem to be immediately in a place of wanting to trust them, it doesn't grow. Let me say that. If you don't have that feeling within the first or second session, fire them on purpose, fire them because you, you're actually forcing it. If you don't feel safe with the therapist, could you imagine how much you're not going to tell them? And you need to be able to tell your therapist everything. Um, I wouldn't worry about location because, I mean, people drive an hour just to see a comedy show. Why can't you drive an hour to, to get your life right? You know, um, someone that can challenge you is a big deal. So there is a working with addicts, you know, addicts and drug addicts and alcoholics can sometimes be gamey. Right. And they're used to manipulating and all of that. So they actually talk about all the time how they would actually uh, how would they say it? I like a therapist that calls me on my shit. They would say it just like that. And so that's you actually want a therapist that you can't manipulate because people do it all the time. And so a gentle approach may work for some people, depending on your maybe you're more of an introvert and you're not so outgoing or loud. Right. But if you actually um, are loud, 
and you need someone to ground you, maybe you'll like a more gentle approach. And it's okay. But within a uh, first or second session, fire them if it doesn't work. You don't need to be spending any money and investing any time with someone that you don't trust. Where do they find, where do we find these people? Like, you know, where do you find you? Where, where, do, where do they go? Um, well, there's a good, um, there's a website called the Association of Black Psychologists, ABSI, A-B-P-S-I. That's across the country. And that would be all black therapists or psychologists that are in the area. Um, if you don't want to go with a psychologist, you can go with a therapist or a social worker, which is totally fine. Um, you can either even sometimes a sliding scale. Oh my gosh, this is like huge. If you can learn to find an intern, like at a university that's close by, you might pay $20 for therapy because it's at a clinic. I know down here in South Florida, they have like a Nova Southeastern clinic, right? Maybe even FIU has a clinic of interns, but like every university that has counseling sometimes, you know, kind of raises or nurtures um, interns and you can actually end up paying, it's called sliding scale, something really small um, instead of paying a hundred and $200 for, to see one person. Cool. Okay. All right, guys, y'all got that. Everybody got that. Y'all got that. Y'all better be listening. Take your notes. Right. So uh, before we get into our final question, Dr. Dasha, tell them about you, like tell them about your therapy. How can they get to get to you? Oh, how well, website really is drybytherapy.org. Okay. And so on there, you can email me and I will find you. I hate to say it like that, but I will literally come into your living room See via, that? right, by either by drive by, meaning coming to your home, or by Skype or WhatsApp. So I'm in your living room, even if you're in another country or state. So that's that. On social media is Dr. Tasha. So I am bilingual. Um, and so that's where it kind of came from. Doctor with an A at the end, you spell it out, D-O-C-T-O-R-A, and then T-A-S-H-A. So that's on Instagram, Twitter, and um, Facebook. I have 5,000 friends, though, on Facebook, so you have to follow me versus become my friend, but that's okay. You don't need no more friends. You need a therapist. You do! <laughs> so, um, and yeah, we can talk. And I always give people at least 10 or 15 minutes of free consultation just to figure out where we can go, or even if you can't afford me, then I could find someone for you to afford. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Y'all, let me tell you about Dr. Tasha. Amazing and worth every dollar, every dollar, every dollar. <laughs> All right, so let's wrap up. Um, one of the topics that I just really just saw is this strong friend, and I feel like I'm one of the strong friends. And I recently started to break down with my friends and especially share what's going on in my life. You know, so how can and while I was sharing, people were like, oh, my God, you? That is so happy, so joyous, so all of that. So that's what I How can we help these strong friends out here in the street? How do you, can you suspect people are going through stuff? You know, what are some of the traits? Like, what are some of, how can you help, how can you know that people need mental health? Because I want to be that voice to them. Like, you know, how, what, what do we look for? What do we look for? Okay, so the, um... Let me see how many words this is. I gave y'all two words about the men. Okay, there's four words. You ready? Yeah. Put your phone down. Okay, let's get started there. So put your phone down. Actually make some eye contact with people around you, coworkers, friends, church folks on your pew. Like we really don't even like notice things because we're so worried about the send button. I mean, it's a real thing or the scrolling up or down. And it's like, put your phone down and actually get present 
learn to get present again, like you did probably years ago. There is nothing better than the human experience and the intuition to actually listen to it. So then the second part is to trust your intuition. We've all had that moment in the grocery store at Walmart, right? Where somebody goes by us and what do we say to ourselves? Something ain't right. Yes or no? Uh-huh. Right. Now, what do we do with the something I write? Yeah. Now, my crazy butt walks up to people and I literally say, I was like, are you all right? I can tell something's wrong. And they're so shocked that someone gives a damn about them that, like you said earlier, Yannick, they end up talking to me. I can't have a full-on session, but even if I talk to them for 2.7 minutes, they actually, like, feel like they were not overlooked or forgotten in the world. Like, it's a real thing that actually helps and it's really just being present. So, yes, the strong friend may act as if they're fine. But if you could actually trust your intuition, you, you know when something's wrong. But you're so scared sometimes. But you don't know if you can actually, one, if they'll tell you. Or two, if you're strong enough to handle whatever they tell you. But then also, once they tell you, then you got to tell them about your stuff. So then we have to worry about modeling or being just as transparent with the strong friend. So you can't go there and say what's wrong. When really they don't know what's going on with you. So sometimes what I've done with friends and I remember I had a friend that was a pastor and I would just say, are you okay? And, and, and she was like, what do you mean? I'm fine. I mean, cause she always had to be fine with the congregation, but I wasn't trying to be in congregation. I was trying to say as a woman to woman, I know you have a lot of pressure in your life where you have to always be on, but how, what, what do you do when you're off? Like when do you give yourself time to be off? And from there, we have been friends probably for 15 years from me asking that question back in 2003. That's a real thing because I actually, out of my intuition, I knew that she, she can't always be okay. Mm-hmm. So when you think about somebody, you guys, you know how you think about somebody and you call them, anybody had that? Yeah. And someone was like, I was just either thinking about yeah. you or I really do need to talk. So once again, not only do we put the phone down so we can have a human experience, mm-hmm. but maybe we can even, same four words, actually call somebody, stop texting, stop messengering, call somebody and actually say, I was just thinking about you. Are you all right? The only thing that can say is, oh, I'm good. Why? What's up? That probably ain't what's going to be said, but actually, girl, I just had a really hard day or, you know, my son, we just got a diagnosis from my son, you know, or blah, blah, blah. I just lost a job and I'm working two jobs. Like just to even, you can't change your experience. You ain't going to give them, you know, pay their mortgage, but to let them finally vent about how they're tired of working two jobs, it's priceless. It really is. Wow. Wow. I have a plus one to the last question. (laughs) I may have a plus one as well. (laughs) Because when you said the generational thing, it really hit home to me because unfortunately as millennials, our generation is known to be the anxious generation. So do you have any tips on overcoming anxiety or stress? Because for me, like you said, with, with um, generational things, I, I feel like for me, I learned, I've, I've learned over time that I get this from my mother. Like this is my mother and my grandmother, you know, yes, they, my, my cool. grandmother put this on my mother and my mother put it on me. And so now I have a teenage, you know, sister. So I'm really hard on my mother when it comes to that. Like, no, like, don't mm-hmm. do that. Like, you're going to really stress her out and she's going to be I running her crazy like me. And so, you know, that really hit home for me. So do you have any tips to overcome that or anything like that? Cause I think that is a big thing for our generation. Yeah, how do we end that? Okay, so the first thing is, and it's definitely corny, I understand, but deep breathing really is a thing. 
Now, you can say to yourself, I'm not going to stop and breathe. Will you stop and smoke a blunt? What's the difference? What's the difference? difference okay we don't want to talk about that out loud right so you inhale exhale but because you got a blunt now you feel better you probably you see what i'm saying i get to give you a little extra something okay all day i understand but at the end of the day you probably need it to breathe you just need to acknowledge that same for cigarette smokers right or even let's discuss the comfort eating right so sometimes we need to breathe Right. And versus putting something in our mouths to then help our oral anxieties and we soothe ourselves. So the answer to your question is, number one, deep breathing. Number two, acknowledge the racing thoughts. Right. So what are those racing thoughts when you're like, right, every every night, maybe, let's say you kind of have these racing thoughts. So you don't go to sleep till one in the morning. Mm, let's evaluate the racing thoughts. It's called reality testing. So that anxiety usually means fear of the future. Right. Or worrying about the future. Depression usually like is being stuck in the past. Anxiety is more future driven. What if, right? What if this happens? Well, what if it happens? Finish it out. There's a thing that I do um, in my day in my day job is that you say you just call it finishing the take. Like let the take play out. What if it happens? If you do the reality testing, and then you know how you catastrophize, which is what provides this anxiety. It's a real thing called catastrophizing. Every It's kind of like the Tasmanian devil. You know how the Tasmanian devil will pick up things kind of like a tornado along the way? So you start if, well, um, what if I don't do well on my test? Well, then what if what if um, I flunk out of school? And then, then I'll, never get, I'll never get my dream job. And then no one would ever marry me. And then I'll probably die. Like, really? All yeah. from the grave? It's like a domino effect. Yeah. That is catastrophizing. Well, what if, what if, um, I, I, I mean, if, if we could go on, what if I don't lose weight by the time the wedding is? I don't know. Then you're 155 pounds, not 150. Like that's the answer. Like there's a whole like level of reality testing of you're going to be okay. Even if the outcome is different than what you wanted it to be. So acknowledging your racing thoughts and kind of, um, prioritizing them in like importance, significance, as well as uh, if it's just a delusion in your head. Processing things aloud. This is why therapy works. Just to say it out loud means you can even hear it. You can hear yourself talking. Like there's a real thing that happens when you talk, then you have to hear it. So sometimes when we keep it in, we don't acknowledge it, but to actually say it out loud, that's why therapy works. That's why having friends works and being honest out loud. Um, replacing negative thoughts. There's a thing like I like to do. If you think of the ocean and how the water keeps going and let's just say, or how the clouds in the sky go by. If you could think of those, like a negative thought, put it in the, I call it a rubber ducky. I like to say, put it on a rubber ducky and let it put it in the water. This is all in your mind and then let it float on by or put it on a cloud and let it float on by. I'm not making this sound easy, but literally you will be able to sleep. If you can actually put it somewhere, don't overwhelm yourself with the things that you actually cannot change. And then let's look at the uh, stress level that you have. So are you in the same stressful relationship uh, that's bringing you anxiety after four or five years? Are you going through the same stress that you went through after four or five months? Are you on the same job that you really have never liked, but you got it because your mama said that it was a good job? Did you really want to have a different major in college, but you wanted to make your dad proud? You know what I mean? Like maybe we can actually not have anxiety and maybe do what it is that we in our gut has have always wanted to do. Even if it's, I don't know, playing the guitar by the pool. 
you want to finally get paid for that. I don't know who's paying that. <laughs> I need you to find a guitar and find you a pool because that actually is what's going to bring you some type of self-care and fulfillment without judging it. I like to eat. That's a real big thing. That's my self-care. So identifying your self-care will help also soothe these anxieties. Give yourself a vacation. It doesn't have to be super expensive. Y'all heard of staycations. Find you a hotel. Go somewhere. Find a friend's house. Have a sleepover. I know guys don't really do it like that. But find a basketball game. Right? And enjoy yourself. Even be by yourself. How about that? We don't really talk about being by ourselves as much. I'm not saying read a book. But maybe walk. Go for a walk on your own. And Mm -hmm. so exercising. Right? That's a real thing. Like to actually feel better because you don't like the way you look already, but then feeling better because you're actually getting it out in terms of, you know, the stress level. That's healthy. How about you have some great sex? How about that? That really helps with stress. Right? <laughs> probably, um, probably not yes. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with a different person because that brings the player in you. <laughs> you can find, you know, find you one little partner. Get a little trim. You know what I mean? Get the edge off. We can't talk about that. This is wrong. Sometimes we just need the orgasm. You having a little, you kind of constipated. You ain't yeah. released in how long. Uh-huh. And so get, or have, get a hug. I mean, it don't have to go all the way to some stimulation, you know, in terms of the bed. But maybe you need a hug. Why don't you start acknowledging that? And so it's not that the hug will change your entire stress level. But at least at the time, you'll finally feel comforted where you don't have to do it alone. Because that's one of our bigger problems. We just don't have to do it alone. There's too many people out here that have the same problem, but ain't nobody talking to each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Dr. Tasha, just to, like, close on a mellow note. So, mellow. one other question. I really want to ask you, too, but I know you have to go. And I really <laughs> just want you to be here forever. But S2, S2, S2. Okay. The first one I wanted to ask was, is it possible to kind of have anxiety or an anxiety attack without knowing? Because I remember... When we first got our dog, the first thing I said to my partner was, oh, my gosh, babe, like, he's going to die. We should just get ready for him to die. Like, because the people were like, oh, he only lasts for, like, five to seven years. And I was like, he's going to die. I'm so sad. And then he was like, you're crazy. And I'm like, no, we should just well, not love him. the first stage you bought the dog home, you thought he was going to die? I, no, I was telling him, oh, my gosh, babe, like. He's gonna die soon. So now we have to ask you what, what brings on this death anxiety. I don't know. Really I was just like, anxiety. we have to prepare ourselves because he's gonna die. I don't know why I thought that way, but I really uh, thought that way when we first, first got time the dog. You were in control of a living thing? Was this the first time you were in control of a living thing? Yeah. The very first so time. So you really were acknowledging how you don't know if you're adequate or you're like kind of now you're talking about your insecurities or your inadequacies that you now have to deal with. Right. When you're not just taking care of yourself. So did you did this go into like even motherhood? Like would I even know what happened? So what happened was we got the dog and the lady was like, oh, you know, he's a Yorkie. And they usually their time spans usually five to seven years. And immediately I I got like I panicked. I was like, oh, my gosh, he's going to die. Like, should we love him or what should we do with this dog? So he was like, you're crazy. Yeah, I really started thinking like, oh, my gosh, this dog is going to die soon. Like. What are we so going to do? You're, you're saying that you actually had us, you started having almost an anxiety attack. Yeah. Because it was 
Because I felt like he was going to die. You took on her anxiety. Yeah, when she told me about the dog dying. You took on her anxiety. I got really panicky. (laughs) So are you still like that? How long have you had the dog? Oh, no, no, no. We've had it for a few months and no. I love him. We all love him. Oh, you're fine. Okay, so what I can say is, this is interesting. This is actually important. Sometimes we have to make sure that we're grounded in a space in our own lives to where anybody around us actually cannot penetrate our bubble because somebody else's fears and anxieties, we end up kind of internalizing them, which clearly happened with the strange lady, the dog lady, (laughs) right? Because maybe I would, I would wonder how you were doing in the moment. You may have already had some fears and doubts of like, this is something new. And then her anxiety, you kind of matched. Do you get what I'm saying? This is why, I mean, the same could happen as a teacher. Right. All these things. And I mean, they come in with a lot, the students. And until what? you're around, you literally leave home with their heaviness yeah. because you're not. Centered. Yeah, their energy. You have to. Yeah. I would actually say that you probably were just in a place of the fear with their her fear. It just wasn't good by the time you came home. Oh but I'm glad God. you worked through that. Thank you. I'm glad I, you didn't kill little Fido. I kill him. No, no. He's amazing. We all love him. So my second question is just very okay. general, just a general question that we wanted to ask you. So how can someone like overcome forgiveness? Is there like advice for that? Whether it be a friend really? or a partner. The last question is about forgiveness. I'm sorry. The people want to know. <laughs> oh, Lord. How? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I will use myself for this okay. because even in therapy, sometimes I share what's relevant. Okay. So I didn't understand forgiveness until about a year, a year or two ago, um, when I actually realized that I had been holding grudges for like 30 some years. Hello. And it was against my grandmother. I literally thought to myself when I was holding my grudge that if my grandmother would have acknowledged my mother growing up in a different way, then my mother would have mothered me differently. So instead of getting mad at my mom, I got mad at my grandma. Y'all follow that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now the woman is dead and gone like eight years ago. I'm telling y'all the truth. I'm sitting with somebody on New Year's Day in 2017 and I told her, I sure hope when I die that God don't sit me beside her. I said that out loud. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, yeah. Because, and I didn't have any remorse by saying that out loud. I just didn't want to fool with this lady that in my mind effed up my mother. Y'all got me? Mm-hmm. And so... That was a lack of forgiveness with my safe, sanctified self. Hello. But I was doing just fine with my grudge that was holding. I mean, I was really good at this. So what I had to learn was it was actually killing me. And it had also made me think very badly about elders. I have no, I'm working on this, right? Having respect for elders and knowing that, yes, some of them got it wrong, but like, are you just never going to forgive them if they tried to get it, get it right? And so the only thing I can tell you about how to overcome forgiveness is to first ask yourself, how is it that your lack of forgiveness is serving you? And my answer to that was, I'm bitter, right? I'm, at the moment, I was bitter, right? I'm, I may not even learn how to forgive my husband, talking about I want to be married, but I don't even know forgiveness from what my grandma did 30 years ago or 75 years ago. Like this is deep, but I want to be in a relationship. So I would say anybody that needs to overcome forgiveness, they have to first acknowledge what is their lack of forgiveness, like serving them. And the answer is not nothing about it serves you at all. You don't gain anything from not 
actually trying to forgive others. Mm-hmm. And the forgiving thing, I don't know. People always do that. Well, I can forgive, but I can't forget. Well, yeah. let's work about on forgiveness. Because even when you say it all salty, it shows how much you still have a lack of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be my, it, I don't know if that answered your question. Did that answer your question? Yeah, I mean, that was great. It was just a general uh, question. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but remember, when it comes yeah. to trauma, I always say this. So people think, am I supposed to forgive my, um, like my perpetrator, or am I supposed to forgive the person that literally like took away my innocence? You want to ask Dr. Tasha that question? Did nobody tell you to forgive that? You may, you may want to forgive the sickness that this person actually has to make them think that it was okay. That was something real. That forgiveness thing is real, real. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, Dr. Tasha, it was amazing. Yes, like, was, so excited. That was really, really good. Oh, crazy. my gosh. Thank you so much for joining the ladies of HCCC. Y'all really check out Dr. Tasha. We're going to post her info on our social media. Mm-hmm. We're going to tag her the whole nine. She's amazing, especially if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area. Hit her up. Even if you're not. Even yeah, if even, you're if, you're yeah not, even if you're even not. Even if you're not, because she does tell us. Yeah, <laughs> just, just hit her up regardless. Nice. Thank you so much, Dr. Tasha. So, what's the sip? What's the sip? Speak now or forever hold your peace. Don't hold nothing back. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to tell us what you're sipping on. What's the sip? What's the sip? What's the sip? Okay. What's the sip? What's the sip? I'm sipping on something outrageous, okay? Mm. Mark Charles Barrett, 50, of Ocala, Florida was convicted in July on federal charges of attempted arson. And when I say attempted arson, I don't mean he just started. (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. This is bizarre how people can be so idiotic. It is. It is. Sorry, I said July. Sorry about that. Wrong date. But it's, it's bizarre. What this man tried to do, he tried to foil and plot and place bombs at different Target stores along the eastern seaboard border in order for their stocks to drop and for him to get rich off of their stocks. I mean, I just don't get it. He belongs in jail. You You just got 40 years of your life taken away because you wanted to bomb a store so you can get rich off of their stocks? Are you kidding me? That's like, isn't that kind of like what Martha, no, Martha Stewart didn't do that. She just knew it was going to drop and didn't say anything. Yeah. He's going to jail. Like, only, you know, I've never heard of anybody of color, any of, none of our chocolate people doing anything like that. And if you have our listeners, please send it to me because I want to read it. But I've never heard of anybody of color doing anything foolish like this. But here's the wild part. Witnesses are saying that he offered, like, another person $10,000 to place bombs in hidden food packages in various Target stores around. I mean, food? let me tell y'all something. The most, I'm sorry, Floridians. I'm partially Floridian, but Florida got some messed up, like sick in the head. <laughs> people Folks, are like, crazy. People are crazy in Florida, yo. Girl, it's like their brain is just sizzled from the damn sun or something. They do the damnedest things. It's bizarre. So, yeah, I was just sipping on that. I was just like, no. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's crazy. Goodbye. Like, goodbye. 
Wow. You just your life for I just, nothing. I will for one second. I don't want to talk about it long. I want to have a moment of silence because Charlotte Rue is closing. And the oh. online website has already closed. Okay. So let's just take a second. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. No problem. <sighs> because I don't know what I'm going to do now. I got my coach from there. Call me basic, but my coat game was on point every winter. Thanks to Charlotte Rue for $20, $25. So for those of you who don't know, Shalisa is obsessed with Charlotte Rue's. Like, she loves it. She always knows when their sales are. She's like a freaking spokesperson. So this news really hit her hard. So we're just all trying to be sympathetic towards her, especially today. No, absolutely. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's like, I have to go to the store now. I was at work like... I need to take off, but I don't want to take off. Like, what do I do? Like, do, I'm going to go tomorrow, but I want to wait till Saturday because that's when my budget starts over. What? I, oh, my God. Yes. And they just closed the store to online, like, randomly, and nobody knew until this morning. But here's the trick. They still sent out a sales email saying $15 dresses oh, online. Wow. And then when you click on the website, it, it's, like, not found. It's down? What the heck? Hmm. I mean, I knew that they filed bankruptcy, but I did not see, like, the whole closing all the stores. I like this? Like, I it's have so, not seen that. Jeez, like, my that goodness. Coming. Like, what's going on? That's wow. And I also want to give a shout out to Gail King. Because, like, she is just somebody that I aspire to be right now. Somebody so calm, so poised. Absolutely. So much composure. Like, the way she just handled this interview that aired this morning was amazing. Absolutely. This kept it together so good. She's been the mood for everybody today. She's Absolutely. been a meme all day. And it's just been inspiring to be Oprah's best friend. Yeah. And just as calm as a cucumber. She just sat I, there. Sweetie, I saw I saw a meme earlier that said, Gail King needs to train police on how to keep their cool when somebody's just acting a fool. Real talk. Like, she was so poised. Her composure was flawless. And I'm like, no. My it Lord. could not have gone any smoother. Any. She did not. But you know what? She also said that she actually was not in fear of her life. She said she knew he wasn't going to hurt her. She was fine. Mm-hmm. Which is, a, which like, is I think that's amazing. Go, Gail. Her- Girl, three cheers to you, Black yes. Woman. Go. I love it. Yeah, that was super dope. So let's hop over into the Black Business Corner. Black Business. Okay, so today my Black Business is going to be Edify Your Sister mm. by Franz Neptune. I actually met Franz at, so you know how, um, You know, I do have a candle business. It's kind of dormant at the moment just because I have a lot going on this year. But I Mm -hmm. met her at an event that we were both, you know, vendoring our our products at last year. And she was just so, you know, inspirational, motivative. She's a Christian. She was just, you know, she sells merch as well, like shirts and so forth, saying, you know, edify yourself, edify your sister, build each other up. And Frances actually... um, She's a an empowerment specialist. So, like, her vision for her company is, you know, just empower people dedicated to building up and, you know, just strengthening people with their walks with God and so forth. And, you know, I just, I really admired her. And she spoke a little about the struggles and hurdles that she had to overcome just with mm-hmm. life and her health and so forth. And 
now she's standing and she's just out here spreading positivity. So I really just want to give a shout out to her and her Edify Your Sister business. Um, as usual, we're going to post the information online. I really need you guys to just go check out her merch, patronize. She's a gr she's such an amazing woman. I really wish I had kept in touch with her. I'm going to text her absolutely. after this. Absolutely. Actually, yeah, because <laughs> I feel like we need more women like that. We need more women that choose to build instead of tear. Yes, I, that, I love that. Yeah. I, if we could just get more of those women, I think things will be so much different. Yes. And I mean, women would be so much further than they are if they would just work together. True story. And it only takes, you know, that one woman to, you know, change things and like, you know, it'll triple down to another woman and another woman. So, you know, there really are good people out there, guys. And I just really want you guys to go take a look at Edify Your Sister. She has a website. She's on Facebook, Instagram. Go ahead. Give her a looky. And, yeah. And since you say that, I love that you said that. And I love the fact that you brought you actually brought her up as being woman empowerment. Because I'm not sure if I even spoke of this. But a couple of weeks ago, I have a really good friend that launched a blog called The Queen Motivator. Oh, and she is a U.S. Marine veteran and her name is Tony Williams. She just came out with a drop the um, website, which is a blog. And it also has T-shirts you can buy, which if you go on my page or her page, I'm going to post both um, pictures. So that way you can see it. But she has these amazing shirts like, you know, Black Veterans Matter, Invest in Black Women, which I think is oh, so nice. dope. I like, love that. I, I was, I was bored one Friday night and literally got it on a Friday evening and took a whole photo shoot with the pictures because the shirt is so dope. It's I so love cute. that. Yeah. And um, she even has resources um, on her page as well. She's pretty much promoting the black female veterans. And I think that's so amazing because that's one of the, the voices that is never heard is mm -hmm. the black female veterans. You don't see or you never meet a lot of us. And it's like, there are a lot of, there are a lot of us out here. But you'll never know it. Literally, I, I've been in a group where it's been a bunch of veterans, and the black women were the ones that people would never believe were veterans. They never even like, you know, believe us if we told if we told them, or even like, you know, how they have those veteran parking spots. Yeah. Like I've seen so many times, even it's been me where they'll like they literally people come up and be like, "Are you even a veteran? Wow. Why are you parking there?" Are you supposed to park there? Those are for people that have served our country. And, you know, in the beginning, I'm like, well, well, excuse me, bitch, I did. Excuse my French, but now I'm kind of like, I don't even, I'm like, girl, get on my face, please. Right. Before I smack you. Like, I, I don't have time to go back and forth now. But I think that the voice of a Black female veteran is never truly heard. And I think this is so dope that she's doing this. And she's going to start, you know, doing live interviews. And I think this is going to be so great. Oh, awesome. I want I got I want you guys to um go onto Instagram and look up the Queen Motivator and she's also has a website www.queenmotivator.com and I will also be in one of these interviews that yes the US Air Force veteran I will actually be on this and I, I she is one of my good friends and I literally met her maybe not even fully 2 years yet and we are closer than I've been with a lot of my friends from I've known for years. Yeah. Like, right. she's supported me, like, and she's just so dope, and she's so supportive in all aspects. Aww. So, 
everybody, please go look her up because I think this is a great way to go. And Kim, your Black Business Corner is amazing as well. And I'm so excited. It's Women's History Month, and this is so it dope. It is, guys. We are representing for all the fine chocolate we sisters. Are, we are. We got you. So that wraps up the show. Thank you for listening. This has been so fun. It has been, guys. I hope you learned something about, you know, just seeking therapy and just breaking mm-hmm. the the whole, like, stigma that, you know, therapy is for people who has mental disorders or people who are in medicine. It's not. Yes. It's, it's for your own peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And we all need that. Yes. I think that's dope. And it's so crazy. Everything ties back together because now I look at Tony's page, her very last post, which was yesterday while we were recording mental health matters. Black women unite. So I think that's so amazing. So you guys, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to, you know, if you want to talk to us, anything you want to spend to us, hit us up at our email at hot chocolate combos at gmail.com on our Instagram at HCC podcast and our Twitter at HCC pod. We are very active guys. Yes, we are. Talk to us because we talk back. Don't forget to follow us like, and subscribe. And don't forget to leave us a good review. Let us know how you feel. Let us know what you want. Let us know how things are going and how you feel about Hot Chocolate Combos Podcast. Yes. Thanks so much, guys, for the support. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Bye. See you next week.